Well, hey, Rev community. I am right now on the streets of New York City. This was really important for me, and I wanted to come back and have you hear my voice. Today, we had scheduled a conversation between myself and Ashley about Ozempic. Uh, the question is, can you quiet food noise without taking a pill or a shot? Ashley was gonna share her story. And y'all, here's what happened. We had that conversation. It was a great conversation. I came away this weekend in New York City for a, a prayer conference. And God really did something in my heart. And I reflected back on our conversation and it was a fantastic conversation. Hear me on that. There's something more that I wanna say. And so we don't have time to re-record that before uh, coming to you as we had planned this week to do. So we're gonna move our schedule around and you're gonna be hearing a conversation between me and Nick Conley today. You're gonna love it. It's about don't give up just yet. So that'll speak to someone who is maybe trying to do the new thing this new year and it's not working. You're gonna be encouraged by the conversation. And then I just wanna say, because we couldn't have this uh, Ozempic conversation just yet, and we will continue this conversation for years to come as we will be back in the RW Plus community doing so, we're inviting all of you to come to next week's webinar. It is a completely free webinar. The link is in the show notes. It's next Thursday, February 8th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you can't come live, then you can come and watch the replay. We'll send it to you, but you do need to register. And we are going, I'm gonna be doing a webinar that is titled, How to Quiet Food Noise Without Taking a Pill or a Shot. So spoiler alert, spoiler alert, I guess, spoiler, you can do that. And I wanna talk about that before you consider doing anything else in trying a different program or a pill or a shot. We wanna talk about this. And I just wanna say it again, God is not gonna love you more for weighing less or love you less for weighing more. He's going after our hearts, everyone. And I can't wait to have this conversation with Ashley. We're going to get after it this week. We will do it. You will have that one coming soon. But until then, please consider coming to the webinar on Thursday, February 8th. Please, any comments you have, go ahead and let us know. Leave a comment, leave a review. And don't forget to <laughs> register for the webinar. Listen, speaking of noise, huh? Come on. We can do this, y'all. All right. Enjoy today's conversation. And I look forward to seeing you in the webinar or talking more about this in the RW Plus membership community. Swipe up for all that information. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Peace. Hey, welcome to the Revelation Wellness YouTube channel. This is a podcast episode conversation that if you're listening to it right now, I want you to jump over to YouTube so you can see it. And it's an interview with Alisa Keaton and Nick Connolly, who is releasing his first book. And it's about not giving up just yet. So you ready? Let's listen in on this awesome conversation. Here we go. All right, Revelation Wellness Podcast. This is a fun one when we get to be on video and on the podcast. Today, I am a friend. I'm so happy, like it's in my voice right now. My friend Nick Conley is here on the podcast. Nick, welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. This is incredible. This place is incredible. This, it's incredible to be here. It's so fun. We usually, you know, all of online stuff. So we are talking about the fact that Nick has written 
a new book. Is this your first book? First book. First book titled Don't Give Up Just Yet. And can I tell you, the title of this book made me exhale when I saw the just yet. <laughs> right? Did you, I thought, did you think of that? Like That is the Tyndale design team. They are incredible. They? Yep, did it was they, all them. In terms of the title of the book. We brainstormed the title together and then they designed it like that, which I like because it draws your eyes and then at the bottom you're like, oh, just yet. But I also, I, what I love about it is, you know, you hear, don't give up, don't give up. Like, mm. Keep going, endurance, endure, fight the good fight. That's what we talk about in the church, the rah, rah, rah. But honestly, my heart kind of exhaled and I thought, just yet. In other words, there are times to quit Yep. And you talk about that in this book. And I want, to, I want you to know, and I'm straight up telling you the truth. I, re I read this book from front to back. Oh, my gosh. I did. I started out. I did. I started out with like, okay, I want to know what he said. And I needed this book. Aww. I literally was floating in my pool reading it and laughing at the Lord, like how he would use your voice to speak to my heart on some things because I needed to hear you say these words. You are right. incredibly kind. It's, it's so great. It's a great okay. book. You write. You're a great writer. Oh, thank you. Do you feel like a great writer? I, I, <laughs> I feel like a good writer because I completed something. Amen. <laughs> it's finished. I didn't give up. And so you I feel didn't good about give that. up. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you tell people why did you write this book? And I love asking that question. It actually came out of a conversation of failure. Um, I, we, Jess and I, we had started our church in Charleston, South Carolina, and we were a few years in. And I remember we had just, it was a rough go. We were in the middle of some really, really hard stuff. As every major endeavor, like you're going to encounter hard resistance is what mm -hmm. we would talk about in the book. Mm -hmm. And we were in the midst of it. I mean, it just was not great. And I think it was like a Saturday and the kids were running around doing their thing, doing the breakfast thing. And we were at the house and I just looked at her and I was like, hey, I don't mean this forever, but today, Saturday, I quit. <laughs> I'm handed yeah, him my two-week notice and I was like, I just, I don't, I don't work for the church today. I don't do any of the responsibilities. I just needed a day. Um, and so we, we mm -hmm. processed it, we worked through it. And then I think it was a little bit later, we, we did a podcast together. And we were talking about calling and we were talking about uh, persistence mm -hmm. and God just brought to mind this phrase. And, and, and I just said it, I said, the calling was never mine in the first place. Come on. Um, it was it, like, it wasn't my idea. Yeah. Um, God wrote this into existence. And yeah. so because it's not my idea, Oof. I don't have the authority to quit um, because it wasn't mine in the first place. And so that's where it came from. And then from there, after having, so many conversations with people after processing discouragement and, and even sometimes despair in my own heart. Yeah. Um, I just, I, after having all those conversations with people, I was like, and I feel like people need a compassionate companion That's the word. That's to be it. able to process whether or not they should pivot or pause yeah. or, yeah. or keep going. And I, and the heart behind the whole book is is for people to keep going because I do believe there's a payoff at the end. There's yeah. a harvest to be reaped. Uh, yeah. But also at the same time, sometimes things are not healthy. They're not. That's uh, right. They're not things that we should be keep going yeah. or keep going in. Yeah. And because they're not healthy, we actually need to pause or pivot those things so that we can remain 
over uh, over time persistence. Yeah. Like we can keep going in the things that we're supposed to keep going in. So two things I want to first mention. Okay. When you say the name Jess, because uh-huh. people, who's Jess? Just got to say, Jess is your wonderful wife. Wonderful Jess wife. Connolly, yes. our, our community, if you're familiar with us, you are familiar with, with our girl <laughs> Jess. And we're going to bring her in in a little bit. Aww, so stay so tuned. But it's so cool to see that you now are using your amazing voice. Because I remember meeting you at it was a conference, a Declare conference. Do you remember that, Jess? Yep. And we just got to talking, and here's this sturdy man behind <laughs> Jess. Quiet, but sturdy as an ox, and present. Aww. And I, I, you know, you're you're a mystery because you're <laughs> she's the extrovert, right? Would you agree? And you're more the introvert, but that sturdy, steady. And so to hear from you mm. made me very happy. Aww. And you really go in this book and share quite a bit of even your own personal stories, yep. you know, without, and it was done so well, oh, covering you. people well, but okay. So that's the first thing I just okay. want to call that out. Right. You're, you're, you guys are a dynamic duo. Oh, thank you. What's it like being such a power couple together? I, so power couple also, there's two things to that is the power couple means that God has put us in some things and we know that we, when we come together, mm-hmm. uh, we, as Jess always says, to become more. Yeah. And so when we, we come together, we can are. do things for the kingdom. And then sometimes when we need to, there's a process of coming together. Yes. Um, our, our, the process. Um, but I love it because it shows that we love God more than we love each other. Yeah, it and does. we and there we is. want His heart. And that's in your the power. Thing. Well, I, I appreciate that. that. It doesn't feel power. it doesn't feel powerful in the moment, mm. but um, but we we love it and we always laugh at it at the end of like we want His heart more than our yes, own hearts. Yes, you do. So. That's why it's so. And that's what I mean by powerful. You're not powerful as in let's take every stage and every very weak. It's very <laughs> yes. It's very much like going at it wounded but healing at the mm. same time, right? Thank it's you. holding it so well. Thank okay. you. Now I want to jump into it because okay. in the beginning of the book, you talk about, you kind of go right into the don't give up, but you do address the times when it is right to give up. I think mm-hmm. people want to know that. When yes. is it the right time to give up? I think sometimes in life there is an unhealth or a toxicity that mm-hmm. happens um, and I think that God's heart is not for us to be so wounded mm-hmm. and so held down or yeah. uh, just in really harmful situations yeah. where we're not living fully out of our identity. And I think even in, in, in times of my own life, when I have been in those circumstances and situations, it is making me be or become an entirely different person than he wants me to be. And so I think that sometimes... Is- there are these moments where you've got to really evaluate and they're not easy moments. They're not, it's not a, oh yeah, yeah, just go for it. Just do this, do that. Or, you know, no, no problem, no sweat. I mean, these are weighty, heavy things in our lives. Um, I, I, even thinking to relationships that we might have in our lives, uh, whether they be friendships or whatever, uh, disappointing someone or pausing a relationship or pivoting from that relationship in order to seek health, that is a very hard decision. And it's not easy, but I do believe in order to remain persistent in life, there are some people that we have to pause or pivot from in order to follow Jesus fully. And so we talk about many things like that. I appreciate 
the fact that you went there in a very healthy way. Because I do remember for me a time in ministry where I was done. Like I was done, done. It really happened where something happened with my child. Mm. We all know how that goes. Mm. Woo! And it was like, where were you, Lord? Why didn't you protect? All my my brokenness came to the Mm -hmm. surface. And I remember I was on a hike with a a friend of mine, an older woman, a mentor, and I'm bawling my eyes out. I mean, I'm just like, I'm so disappointed. I'm so devastated. I'm so not me. Mm. And I remember saying to her, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I quit. I quit. And she looked at me and it was the kindest thing. And she said, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like she gave me permission to be done. And that pivoted me for the moment to go, I'm going to be done. So just like you walked in on a Saturday and said, I'm not quitting forever, but today I'm done. Needed a minute. <laughs> Isn't it? It's the most healthiest thing you can do in the moment. Yeah. And, and so... Biblically, I mean, the, Jesus talks a lot about pruning, and I think I think that's what it is: is is you are fruitful. He wants you to be more fruitful. Yeah. And so there are seasons and times and circumstances where pruning does happen. Yeah. And then it goes back to your call too, because mm-hmm. I was done, and someone gave me permission to mm-hmm. be done, and then you kind of sit in the vacuum of done, and then your heart goes, but I can't be done. <laughs> like I'm ruined for this. Yeah. The call because the call. Mm-hmm. Is it mine to begin with? Mm-hmm. And so it comes back. The little fire comes back and you're like, dang it. Yeah. I'm going again. And you gather and take your time to heal. That's so good. You said something in this book. Again, I'm telling you, and I'll tell you off, off camera, but how okay. this hit was hitting in real time for me. But it was an aha moment like okay. in this book. And I think to myself, how has somebody never said this to me? Maybe I've heard it in some other sermon, <laughs> but you said it in here. And I want you to ask, I want to ask you where you got okay. it. The difference between having expectations versus mm. expectancy. Yes. Expectations versus expectancy. Tell us. Tell okay. Them. That that's a, for our church, Bright City Church in Charleston, South Carolina. That's just one of the things that we have said since the beginning. We've just Good. we've yes. talked. To, I mean, I've done several sermons on it. Is I find in my own life when I have expectations as to what God should do or Woo! shouldn't do in my life. Hey. I struggle with contentment. I struggle with gratitude. I struggle with uh, my heart towards him. But when you read the Gospels, what he's, he's not asking for expectations. He's asking for expectancy because another word for expectancy is faith. Yeah. And so he, he just wants us to be hopeful yeah. and have our faith aligned in his will so that we know, like we might not know what's going to happen, but we know that something's going to happen. We might not know how the outcome will eventually happen, but we know that there is going to be an outcome. And we don't and he's know. Gonna be in tro- and he's going to be in charge of it. And yeah. Don't you think the hard part is when it's yeah. going to happen? Oh, yeah. Because we are fast now. Mm-hmm. A day feels like a thousand years. And so the when gets me the, quite the waiting mm-hmm. feels like, are you there? I feel like Peter saying, don't you care? We're perishing here. Like, <laughs> yep. don't you care? Yeah. So the fact to say, I got it. I have some expectations of how God was going to show up when he was going to show yeah. up. I repent. That's and so I've good. got to just get back to the expectancy. So that was huge for me. Did you teach? Like, did you come up with that? Or did you hear someone else teach the I'm, expectations? Because I'm going to run that. with this okay. and teach yeah. it. In I taught on it. Yeah. That was fantastic. Use it. Okay, now I would love, because another B 
beautiful moment in the book is you talk about your mom. Okay. Would you yeah. mind sharing a little bit about your mom? And because yeah. I think she's woven into this book. In <laughs> she is. This, this is. Uh, she, so my mom uh, was a single mom and probably early on into her single momness, uh, she got cancer. And um, my childhood, I just remember part of our childhood was going to chemo treatments before we were dropped off at school. And at then what I'm, age? Uh, this would have probably been about nine, ten, wow. somewhere around and there. you had an older brother? A younger brother. So you were the oldest? I was the oldest. Wow. I didn't act like it, but I was the oldest. Um, and <laughs> and we, uh, we, I just had... I had recollections, recollections of these these days, and then on the weekends, because she had worked a full time job at the bank, and just she worked more than full time. Mm. The weekends she just recovered, and so I just remember, you know, being at home playing outside, and her just trying to recover over the weekend so she could do it all over again. Mm. Um, and so she eventually passed away in 2004 and, and cancer had come off and on. And you were how old at that point? I was uh, in college. And okay. so it was right before we got so engaged. She battled for a long, long time. time. The That's a long She was time. a very stubborn woman. That was my mom. <laughs> Persistent. Yeah. And, yeah. and in that she, whether it was my, whether it was me or cancer, she, she was gonna be persistent yeah. uh, in her life. She was yeah. she was a warrior for sure. Yeah. So what would you say she taught you? I mean, yes, persistence, but yeah. in terms of how you play that out in your life, like how do you practice persistence? Uh, so I actually had um, a few. <laughs> I had written really detailed about phrases that she said, and some of the words uh, were not uh, kosher per se, but it was things that she said because you know she. What? It's Tyndale. Tyndale it was, edited me out to yeah. some of my and it, words. And yeah. it was, it, but it was, it was just speaking from the heart things that yeah. she said. And, and I, her work ethic was just a, a work ethic that uh, you could just tell that she was playing for my brother and I. Like this life, she was trying to do the best she could with what she had for her sons. Yeah. And, and so from that, I think I just learned a lot about work ethic. I learned a lot about uh, what it meant to not have excuses. Uh, and it took a long time to, to not have excuses. Like, even though I saw that in her, it took a long time for me to go through life and be like, man, I can't, like, I can't have excuses for everything. I can't pass blame on for everything because yeah. that's what I want to do in my nature. And so yeah. she just, she owned a lot of things in life. I want to know practical practices okay. that you do when you are disappointed when you are devastated, what, what do you do to take care of your, your heart and Those your are body and all the things great to be a human with a body? Great question. Uh, I try to be really honest with God. Mm. I think I, I try to be just as honest as I can be just to, to just say, hey, this is exactly what I'm feeling. This is exactly what I think. And, and what I love about God just says this all the time. Uh, she always says that he's the only one that can take it. Like he's the only one who can receive exactly how we're feeling. That's and so right. for us to not bring our full authentic self to the only one who wants to embrace our full authentic self seems unhealthy to me. And so I try to do that. Um, I try to move every day, okay. whether it's a walk or a workout or something. I just, what I love about moving mm -hmm. is 
for the most part, it's the one thing that I can control in life. Mm. And so when there's all these variables in life that are, uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen with this. I don't know what's going to happen with that person. I don't know what's going to happen with the church. But I do know that I can wake up every day and I can say, you know what? I'm going to go on a walk. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to just move in some way, shape, mm -hmm. or form. Mm -hmm. um, and then Jess has uh, taught me a lot about gratitude. Mm -hmm. And so I try to just have three things every day that I'm just grateful about. Um, that I'm trying to just just capture those things. Because if I don't, then I'm going to buy the lie that life is not great. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is Sabbath. I try to You guys to are hardcore. Sabbath. We are hardcore. Sabbathers. We are hardcore, but not. Like, we, we just had a marriage moment over the last week in talking about Sabbath. Because at, with every phase of family, mm -hmm. things change. And so, whoa used to work a few years ago is not working now what what's happening what happened a few years ago is is different than now and so we've we've learned to try to figure out how quickly we can capture mm -hmm. the new season and sabbath with that mm -hmm. but also we just know that if we do not get it then nobody should want to be around us <laughs> like if we if we don't rest because there is so much of life happening then I, I just, we're not going to be healthy for people and we're not going to love people well. Mm -hmm. And that's how I know that it's time to Sabbath. And so your Sabbath is every Friday. I know you guys are like Friday and Saturdays, right? We're tr we're trying. So football Friday night is a new thing in the college household. Oh, your household. kids playing football. Well, they're not okay. playing. They want to go. Oh. So, yeah. Okay. And we got a cheerleader. And so oh, there's, okay. okay. There's, Sweet. This, things change. Yeah. Things change. Yeah. We're trying. I love it. You got, I get, I'm getting back into a more I have to have this because mm -hmm. no I'm dangerous without it <laughs> exactly like nobody That's should a better way to nobody say nobody should listen to me <laughs> yeah. or do anything because I'm dangerous without it yeah yeah for sure okay let's get your beautiful wife on in here Jess Connolly everyone oh. come on in here look at you hi look how gorgeous you are over there oh, look at the two of you my favorite so people <laughs> Oh my gosh. So were you a major cheerleader here? I can only imagine, Jess, that you were just like, write the book. Okay, really though, no. I don't feel like I had to be. The, the thing about Nick is that he's so, he is so rhythmic and he is so calm and he is so compassionate. I would say our book writing processes are really different in that he did not, he, I, w I kept waiting for him to have a breakdown. Oh, I kept <laughs> waiting for him to be like, I you can't do this it's anymore. Coming. I'm gonna get he ready. He did it. He didn't do that. He never did. You did it, really. Well, so one of my major blocks of writing time, I ended up getting COVID yeah. in another Whoa. city. And so I was like, well, I don't have anything else to do. So and you so wrote. I yeah. wrote. Yeah. Yeah. We, used to, we did say that we would never write at the same time. Okay. And we ended up doing you that. Did. We, we, tried not to. we really tried not to. And so I think there was not a lot of space for either of us to lose our minds. We, we were like, <laughs> we, we, we had to keep it together. <laughs> I don't know if I lived up, but I, he, I don't know. So all that being said, I feel like, I think that I could imagine for people, there's like a perception that I was like, you should do this. Or, but I feel like the call to write a book was yours. You were, in, I don't know if I would have done it if you didn't encourage. I definitely thought he should, mm -hmm. you know, but I wasn't like, 
I've got a master plan. You're going to write a book. I feel like you were just tenacious and chasing God down in this. It really did. From my perspective, a lot of it came from the time you said, um, the calling's not mine to quit. You said that on a podcast. You said, the calling's not mine to quit. And that struck a chord with people. And I think, like, God kind of just kept pushing the ball forward. But all that being said, he did it. He didn't need the kind of encouragement I need to write a book. Though at the end of a book, where I remember last time we were talking about my book launching. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, last time it ended for me, I wanted child's pose and soup. Or like literally, <laughs> like, a, like a sweet potato salmon, child's pose, and a therapist. <laughs> I mean, all of those things. Did you feel that way at the end of yours? I didn't. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, th- I felt good that it was over and it was yeah. done. Because okay. it was, it was a three year process. Yeah. Three uh, years. Yeah. It was, it was God's kindness. Uh, there would be little moments that happened over time that changed the trajectory of what was said. And yeah. it was in his kindness and his timing was perfect. And so. That, I, that, there's also something to say for just like a really rhythmic person doing yeah. it over time. Whereas like my last two manuscripts I've written in 60 or 70 days. Yeah. And then you just gets that's, in there. that's you like lock yourself. I in do. And I'm like, out it comes. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> I should try this way next time. <laughs> it would be too much time. I don't know. Yeah. Anyhow, he was great. He, yeah. So how does he live this message? Okay, I was really thinking about it as I was listening to you because, you know, we're, we're just at the beginning of getting to talk about his book together. This is, this is the first time you've first really time. gotten to talk yeah. about it. It's definitely the first time I've gotten to talk about this yeah. book. But I think it, what I have seen in the last few years rise up out of Nick is a gentleness with me about my own calling. Hmm. And... You know how I'm sure you have this with Simon. Like, I feel like when you know your spouse really well, they they have a superpower that if other people were to notice it, mm-hmm. that they would think like, oh, you're so lucky that you get to be married to that. And, I, and you would say like, I am. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I w- you know, I wish you had that. Mm-hmm. And I would say his compassion and gentle encouragement to keep going mm-hmm. is a lot of why I keep going, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. I feel like, you do that really well with yourself as well, mm. you know, okay. with the gratitude and yeah. um, with rest receive and with it. vision. It's all mixed in. But I would say that's the biggest shift I've seen in you in the last few years is that there, quitting was never like always on the table. But I felt like with our callings, it kind of was they like were so it fragile. was they were it was always just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if we can do this. I don't know if I can write books. Like, I don't know if this is going to break our family. I don't know if we're going to be able to do this church. You know, I always tell people about Bright City. I had um, the Instagram post of us quitting in my head written for years. I knew exactly what to say. I knew how to bill it Mm. and how to tell the story so we wouldn't feel like failures, but that we could walk away. Mm. Um, Wow. You were that close to the button. Yeah. It was just always on the table. It was just always on the table. And so I feel like his compassion for me combined with, you can't stop. Not because you can't, not because you're on the hook, but mm, because this is your right. calling. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Let's yeah. try again. So that is what I feel like is my spouse's superpower that I'm like, in, 
in Jesus' name, I just get to share it with people. Yeah. Through this book, which yeah. is such a gift. That is so cool. You know? It is a perfect, like you guys together, I could see how this don't give up shows up in different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How yeah. you compliment the delivery system of that message. Is yeah. Unique. Okay. Can I ask you to please share the story of the people you dated before you met Nick? Oh, <laughs> you're specifically talking about one in particular. <laughs> Will you talk about it? Yeah. yeah. It's such a funny story. Well, yeah, I feel like you like talk about it don't give up. Me. It's a tricky. Yeah. Oh, it's tricky. It's a good I, thing. It's a I good did, thing you didn't get Is up. it in the book? No. no. But it's in the book. But it's I haven't read the whole book. You haven't read it yet? I've read it in bits and pieces. It's great. It's a great book. Okay. Maybe I have, but I'm just thing. saying you didn't give up and you found Nick. But let's yes, go before you I were. I did, in fact, date a drug dealer named Tricky. Tricky, everyone. Um, which I did Tricky. find out recently that a friend of mine dated him too. Oh wow! Yeah, it was very popular. It was really interesting. We, we didn't know each other, and we both dated him. Um, he was actually a really respectful guy, and <laughs> just he bought me drugs. great jewelry. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah, because he had a lot of money. <laughs> From drug selling. Um, <laughs> no, I, I dated, honestly, the worst part is like, that's definitely not the worst guy I dated. Really? I dated horrible Christian guys. I feel like the Christians were the worst. Wow, true story. Yeah. Okay, so what was the pivot? Just give us a little bit of Oh my of gosh, moment. we could talk about this all day long. Yeah. We're good at tracing our love story. We talked about it recently. We did. Oh, I prayed over you about it. You did? Yeah. Wait, wow. you okay. prayed over her what? Yeah, we had a conversation. I feel like we do this as a couple. We like trace our love story a lot. So we'll say it. like, okay, let's go back to I that a, day. I have a note of yeah. all the the anniversaries. All the, all what we've done on we our anniversaries. To, we call them and I, I was like, oh, we've, we just got to record it. Yeah, yeah write Even it down, chronicle fun. it. Yeah. So we met in high school. We were friends. Um, and Nick's, what would have been Nick's freshman year of college, what would have been his first year after high school, he didn't leave because his mom was really sick at the mm-hmm. time. So you knew his mom. Clearly, yeah. yeah. You did. That's yeah, our, mo- our, our moms knew each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so Nick stayed home to like take care of his mom, take care of his family. And um, we were friends. I was dating one of his friends. Did you think Nick was cute? Oh, I thought it was so cute. But there had been a dance at a, we had shared a dance at a New Year's Eve party. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm super into him. But he was, he was, we were really good friends. We were actually really good friends. I've never had a guy oh, friend in my whole amazing. life. I've never I'm had a guy friend since then. then. Like I want that. Yeah. Just be friends. Yeah. We were actually really good friends. Um, it's a Ooh, weird. It's also a, dance to California love. Yes, we had all, but we did dance one time to California yeah. love by Tupac and like there were feelings. There were feelings. Um, it's really strange. Like there's, I think probably uh, it's this time of year. This is the other reason we're talking oh, about it. Because yeah. it's like this season. Yeah. This time of year when you guys but met. really, well, when we started dating, well, it was around 9 11. I was oh, wow. dating another guy and that the night of 9 11, the guy called me and he was like, the world's on fire. What's happening? And I was like, I don't know. And he said, this is what I know. I don't think we're supposed to be together. And I think you're supposed to date Nick. What? That really happened. He was a great, really nice guy. Was he a Christian He was a believer. And he loved, he loved God and he loved yeah. Nick. Nick knew him. Ah, a little mess. And he was like, I just feel like the world's on fire. I don't know what's happening. I never spoke to him again. Wow. And so the weekend after... 9-11, I, we, I went over, we actually got in an argument. Sort of, yes. We got in an argument. It was a one-sided argument. It was a one-sided argument. Sure. And um, I went over to Nick's house to apologize because I was the one doing the arguing. 
And I went, we, this is, this is the story we told. I went over to his house that night to apologize. And I had, I knew I had messed up. Like I knew I had, I I had feelings for him and I didn't know how to express them. I hadn't told him this crazy, you know, word this guy had given me. And um, I found an envelope in my car from someone giving me a note card and I unfolded the envelope and I wrote all over the note card. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, here's why I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And I went to his house and he was waiting outside and I gave him the envelope and we hugged and I was like, that's it, I'm marrying him. It was a longer hug. It was a longer hug. <laughs> when did you, was that when you prayed? When, when no, no, so he just prayed for me this week. Yeah, oh. I don't, I, when we were praying, I just felt like God, brought me back to that moment uh, yeah. for her. That's yeah. And that you would return our heart to that that season as yeah. a daughter. Yeah. Not as in my love for you. Yes. I would say it's even stronger than it was then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, to, I do feel like we had this interesting part of our story that we got to know each other then. I was, I was, I guess I was 16 and you were 18 Mm-mm. at the time. I was 17. Mm-hmm. And I was 18. And... Um, I feel like in a lot of ways, we were the purest versions of our, of like who God made us to be at that time. Mm-hmm. We, I loved God. I wanted to be mm-hmm. in ministry for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I wanted to teach. I wanted to write books. Yeah. I was not confused about those things. Yeah. Um, Nick knew he wanted to be in ministry. Yeah. He also, you also even knew you heard about business. Wow. Mm-hmm. The calling. We, yeah. It was just really interesting. We were just very free. And so I feel like the world beat us up for our first like 15 years of marriage and we're just trying to come back. How many years married now? 18. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I come up on 20, blink your eyes and it's 20. It's gonna happen. Wow. Yeah. So seriously, even in that, that's a story of don't give up on the Lord. Don't give up on who you've called to be. Because yeah. would you say you're both living into your identities the way you would, this is it, like for this season? Or would you change something? So I just hit 40. And I, I, I was, I was praying to God. I was like, okay, what is, what does this next season of life look like? What does the next half look like? And one of the things that I sensed him saying was you had to grow up really fast. Yeah. And so I want you to spend the next half of your life trying to be a kid or learn how to be a kid again. Wow. And so all that to say is I, I, don't think so. Like, I think there's more out there. Yeah. I love that. I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what he's going to do, but, uh, I definitely feel like there's more on the table for me and my identity. You know what that sounds like? You need to hike the Grand Canyon. Oh, <laughs> put it on our tab. Next year. Next we, year. We need to talk about Canyon. how do we get elevation to train you, in Charleston, South I'll Carolina. Okay. We got you covered. All right. Are you living in tier? Your call is not giving up. Yeah. I feel like if you're, I need language for this. I think, I think in every way that anybody else would, I don't know that maybe they would answer. Are you living into your call? They might see like, there's more, there's more for me. I don't, I think there's probably less for me. (laughs) You're like, I think I, what you prayed for me the other day is true. You know, you were like, I just got, I just. Yeah, I just hope she, like, feels the freedom to go back to that 15-year-old girl, like, running. He worked at a bakery yeah. at the time, like, running up to the bakery to see me. I think that, um, like, the first 10 years of our marriage and our adulthood, the world was putting 
some really heavy baggage on me about what I could do and couldn't do. And I just co-signed on it all. Yes, ma'am. And like got in a cage and stayed there. And then the next few years I came out of that cage and I think I might've stepped into one that looks a little bit more acceptable about like being on everybody's team and being the girl who always shows up and being the coach that's always there for everybody. You went the the exact opposite way. And I think, um, I think that there's probably more freedom for me in doing less, you know? Yeah, that's a word. Yeah. Okay, last fun closing question. I'm ready. Nick, if you could do anything, you have the talent, you don't have to worry about money, you're like doing it, 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 it be as crazy as you want. This is our favorite question. We we basically ask it almost every week. Does it change every week? Well, so I I love sports, and so I, in my, maybe, I don't know what you would call this part of life, but I always say if I'm not in ministry, I would love to just have, like, a sports talk. Show? ESPN, like, wow. podcast show, whatever. Um, I also love business and love the world, and so I would do that, too. That's amazing. Okay. You. Doula. Or doula. Oh, you did. Yeah. 110%. It never that. changes for me. It never changes. You have been consistent in that. I would just spend Where every day helping women give birth. You're going to have to figure. That's got to be part I of think, it. I think it's like just mission. It's the yeah. baby is mission. Well, yeah. didn't last time we talked, I think we did a podcast, and you were talking about how, or maybe I was listening to it. It was your ending summer uh was yes. Go and Tell. Yeah. Now it's called Jess Conley. By the yep. way, she has podcasts, everyone. Jess Conley <laughs> podcast. Um, and you were talking about the fact that you got a baby Bjorn. Yeah. And you don't even have a baby. No. Because some friends. And I have. use All it. All the friends. And she. I use it. it every week. Yeah. <laughs> like, I stay funny. watching the babies. Okay. So would you have another baby? Uh, yeah. We, and we can't physically. Yes. Okay. But also, I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I don't have yeah. Philippian tubes anymore. But we've also <laughs> come to Mazel the place tough. in watching <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. In watching our friends' babies that it's like, yeah. it's good that they go home. Oh, uh, yeah. see. Yeah. 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 I went yeah. through a month, a month tornado this oh. year of like, I, I mean, you know, we, we have to adopt. We have to do something. Um, it's time. Mm. And I... I th- I I know now. I think I really want to be on other people's team. Yeah, who are having babies. Love but that. I think that probably somewhere in our future is some respite care with the foster system. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Nick, who should go get your book? Anyone who's on the on the ropes in life, if they're just going through it, I, I just, it's the triage before you get the treatment. And so, I, I I sometimes I think we make life-altering decisions in the midst of the storm. Yeah. And so my prayer is that that this book will be uh, something that you can use to process in the midst of the storm so yeah. that when it blows over, you can say, okay, this is exactly what God's asking Amen. me to do. And so. I would also like to add, if you have a partner, a friend, a spouse who, who wants to quit. Yeah. yeah. And you just don't even have language. I you don't know how to show up for them. That yeah. this, your book was that for me. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it was just fun. It's, I'll tell you one on camera. Thank you. All right. So how do people go? Just go to where to get the book. You can go wherever you need to go to get the book. Mm-hmm. And then it is also available for pre-order right now, whenever this yeah. 
comes yeah. out. Yeah, and I'm gonna give a shout out to the Revelation Lots community, or if you're an author, pre-orders matter, everyone. Pre-orders matter, go pre-order this book. I've pre-ordered mine, and it's so good. So, we love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being on on the shot podcast and Team Revelation Wellness. We Thanks for having us. Incredible. Thanks.